0: Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast with Simon Cocking, Senior Editor. I'll be doing a series of interviews with people at the cutting edge of green tech, clean tech and anything else that we think is interesting and worth listening to for you guys, our listeners. Okay, so today on the podcast uh, we have somebody uh, very interesting whose book we just reviewed, No Filter, and then even better still, it's won the Business Book of the Year Award with McKinsey and the FT as well. So first of all, uh, Sarah, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Uh,
0: you're welcome. Um, and so for those that don't know, I mean, what is your background? I mean, because by, by day, um, you, you still write for Bloomberg, don't you?
1: Yes, I've been writing about social media companies for about eight years now and started with Facebook's IPO around 2012 and expanded into covering all Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok these days. It's been um, really interesting to see see this market transform from businesses that everyone was interested in to, to entities that are essentially infrastructure for our society
0: Mm -hmm. yeah look I think you're right I mean and with books like um the age of surveillance capitalism I think people have become very aware that like it's not just a social media platform it's it's a much wider thing Uh, in your in your book you mentioned that I think it was your editor said that this was a book you really needed to write uh did you feel that way too
1: I thought that I would need to write okay so i wrote a business week cover story about instagram and the differences between instagram and facebook and how they were growing within and happened to have a different brand and how people were seeing instagram as an escape from facebook and during that process i realized that this was such an undercovered aspect of, of the tech world. We had been um, talking a lot about Facebook and the societal cost of Facebook, but we hadn't really been talking about Instagram, which had this outside cultural impact, maybe even more so than Facebook. Instagram was, was not just shaping our, our online behavior, but how we interacted with our friends, what we chose to buy, what celebrities we chose to follow. We essentially, you know, decided what we aspired to via Instagram and shaped our lives around it. And as I learned more about about it, I I basically understood that I knew much less than I wanted to, uh, which is a pretty good starting point for a book. It's like something you want to find out more about that not enough people know about. And so I just started digging. And, And that's when I realized that I had a book that there were all these questions that once I answered them, the story became even more interesting and revealing, uh, not just about Instagram but about Facebook, about the tech world at large.
0: Yeah, look, I think so, and I mean, and and you reference the uh, the book by Nick about Twitter, and I think I think that that, that does a very good job of taking you on a journey and showing you the the story, and and therefore with your book about Instagram, it feels like. You, you have been inspired by that attempt to to really dig into it and and be both even-handed but at the same time to ask critical questions. Would you feel that's a fair comparison?
1: I, I think that that's a fair comparison however I tried mm-hmm. to go a step further in my book because I don't think that it's enough to tell a, a story of a company's journey just from the perspective of how they're doing as a business. I think in the Instagram story in particular, it was very important for me to talk not just to the current and former employees in competition, but to also talk to the, the celebrities, the teens, the psychiatrists, the um, the entrepreneurs on Instagram, the people whose lives were being shaped by this product, and, and to really draw the connection for the reader. This internal drama at this company affects the way you live. And and here's how. These are the connections that I've made through my reporting. And this is how Instagram has chosen to shape our culture and what we can do about it and what happens now. That that immense power that they've created is in the hands of Facebook. So I, I tried to go beyond the typical business book um where honestly a lot of business books about companies are like here's the great success story Mm -hmm. of this genius, genius young man who took the world by storm. Um, I don't think that this book is that hero's journey. I think it's more of a cautionary tale. Um, you can certainly read it and see like the success of Instagram and how they achieved it. Um, But I also think there's a lot of, of these, these externalities, these consequences of the decisions, but also the, the, emotional roller coaster that the founders go through within facebook and um the egos clashing and i think there's a lot more to it
0: Mm -hmm. yeah look i i think that's a that's a fair answer because you're right it's not just uh like you say a hero's journey it's 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 more nuanced than that so yeah i think that's a good answer um and and in that, and as I read it, uh, I did wonder, and did you feel that, that this was a buyout that was always gonna end in tears? Because because you, you kind of elaborate the whole, sure, we are owned by Facebook, but we are, we are our own company, and yet we're on the Facebook campus, but we have different offices. I mean, could that ever last? Was it always gonna end in the way that the founders eventually left?
1: I think I think it was going to end with somebody getting, not, not that they want when you have when you have people who are you know visionaries at the top of their game they're never going to agree and they're not there's not enough room at the top of facebook for mark zuckerberg and kevin Sistrom to both be the visionary about the future and and you know, something had to give however i don't think it had to end the way the story ended because if you if you just thought of instagram I don't want to give too many spoilers, but eventually Zuckerberg becomes jealous of Instagram success, or at least threatened by the fact that Instagram could cannibalize Facebook with its growth. And the way that he could have reacted to that, I don't think had to be with restricting resources to Instagram and and preventing them from, from growing through Facebook. I, I think that if you thought of Zuckerberg in the sort of stereotypical way he's been portrayed and in movies like The Social Network, you know, where we sort of think of him mm-hmm. as this data-driven, um, robotic, agnostic about what happens as long as it helps Facebook grow bigger. Um, it turns out that that it's not just that, that he also has a lot of emotion wrapped up in his legacy. And... He wants that legacy to be Facebook, not Instagram. So Kevin Sistrom bets, Kevin Sistrom, the CEO of Instagram, bets that if he helps Zuckerberg crush the competition, and if he helps Zuckerberg uh, by growing Instagram and growing the revenue on Instagram, maybe Zuckerberg will reward him with more power and control on Facebook. Some people were even suggesting that one day Kevin Sistrom could take over as Facebook's CEO because he'd done so well. and. That's certainly not what happened. Instead, the success of Instagram led to all of these restrictions and pushbacks from Facebook.
0: Yeah, and it's I, I think you capture it well that while on one hand, Zuckerberg talks about internally that that we need to create the thing that will destroy ourselves, while while that's an easy thing to say and put motivational things up on the walls, the reality is is that when push to shove. He made a choice not to do that and to to go with Facebook rather than Instagram, even though they owned Instagram. So I think you're you've you've captured it that, that it wasn't something he could really do. Uh, I guess is would that be a fair characterization?
1: No, that's a great reference. I mean, that's something Zuckerberg would preach all the time is like we need to disrupt ourselves before someone outside of Facebook disrupts us. We need to be the one that that kills Facebook inside Facebook Mm -hmm. and and really he wasn't willing to to practice what he preached
0: no <laughs> um so look i mean instagram now is just a part of the the facebook stable the family uh and as you said it, it brings in a lot of revenue now um so with people like carol Wilder, and others there's a lot of discussion about you know uh facebook's uh ethical compasses is is definitely uh out of sync um does is integrating Instagram which have different values and aspire to be different, does that help to, 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 to nudge the needle on, on, on this, these questions about Facebook's uh, you know need to refine their moral compass or is that a conversation that they're just not successfully addressing regardless of what they buy?
1: So Instagram, what are the consequences of Zuckerberg restricting resources for Instagram and really centralizing the product? So everything has been combined and all of the operational things like content moderation and data uh, parsing and all of that happens centrally through Facebook now. And that means that the problems that Instagram has, the dark sides of Instagram, which of which there are many, I mean, this is, This is not a a clean platform, far from it. It's just harder for us to see those things because there's no virality. Um, The dark sides of Instagram are sort of left unchecked because Facebook is the priority for the resources and responding to public criticism is a priority for Facebook. And there just hasn't been as much focus on what's wrong on Instagram. And I think part of that is because people like Instagram, People love using it and, and feel like it's an escape. And, and everyone sort of creates their own universe on Instagram, whether it's whether you're using it to follow your friends and family, or, you know, I just got a new puppy, I I have a puppy account that only follows other dogs. And that's just mm-hmm. a a thing that, you know, if I have that experience with Instagram, I would never think oh there are conspiracy theorists on this platform there are terrorist recruiters here there are drug sales happening illegally via instagram there's human trafficking there's the sale of animal parts like all of these things are happening buried in hashtags and um in the using the same the same kind of uh problems we see on Facebook in a very different way. It's all image-based on Instagram, and it's all um, personality-based. Ahead of the U.S. presidential election, Russia actually posted more on Instagram to manipulate manipulate a, sort of the, the conversation than they did on Facebook, and that was public. That was reported in a Senate committee report, and crickets from all the Facebook critics because nobody really really thought that that was as important as holding Facebook accountable. But Instagram is part of Facebook and it's part of the problem.
0: Yeah, so with that in mind, Is there a a good in 2021 and beyond? Um, So so I I have some people that now just use Signal instead of WhatsApp. They just feel that it's an unsafe platform to be on uh, because of Cambridge Analytica and other data leaks. Uh, Is there a good in the future or is it that that these are toxic platforms for us to use?
1: Well, I think that we need to be careful what we wish for with Facebook, because with Cambridge Analytica, we started talking about privacy as the number one issue. Well, privacy and antitrust um, are sort of at odds. Facebook's most valuable asset is its data. That's the whole point of Facebook is they're collecting data that they are then Parsing and trying to build a profile of views that they can target you with. we learned all of that with all of the interrogation mm-hmm. around Cambridge Analytica. Well, the thing that is happening with these privacy regulations is Facebook is consolidating its power. Um, it's it's being told by regulators, you need to keep your most valuable asset to yourself. And not share it with any competitors and not help any smaller companies and facebook says oh no we're we're so sorry about that thank you very much right this is actually like pretty good for them uh, this outcome of of this focus on privacy because um it means that they get to keep being the most powerful and so i think that really the next reckoning for facebook is going to be around its power over our lives, over our conversation, over our information diet, over our economy, um, and in those questions I think are more important than the privacy question. Not because privacy doesn't matter; it really does. But everything collects our data these days, and um, mm-hmm. you know whether you are whether you are shopping at the drugstore or. Uh, you know, buying something on Amazon, everybody has your data. What Facebook has that other companies don't is this power over how you think. And that's that's the, the consequence of them owning not just Facebook, but Instagram and WhatsApp and Messenger and having that amount of control. Um, so we really soon expect uh, uh, the Federal Trade Commission to come down with a complaint about Facebook in the US. We've seen Congress uh, release a report saying they have monopoly-like powers. And I really think the next conversation holding Facebook accountable is going to be about that, that power.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, look, uh, I I think definitely uh, people are much more aware of it and much more questioning. Um, So look, the book did well, you won the prize. Um, What's next for you? What would you like to do in 2021? I imagine it must've been strange Uh, not to be able to go to the ceremony so what would you like to do going forwards
1: well I think that I would just like to keep connecting with people who have stories to tell about these these platforms and how it affects their lives like I spent um, Thanksgiving week talking to small businesses who are using facebook as their only facebook and instagram as their only alternative to having a a store that's open because of coronavirus so they've shifted Mm -hmm. all of their business to facebook and then their accounts get randomly banned or shuttered because facebook's ai is malfunctioning and if you're a little guy and you're banned um you that's your revenue, that's your profits for the year. You might have to lay people off or shut down. So I think thinking about Facebook's power beyond um, the misinformation stuff we've talked about, the privacy stuff we've talked about, thinking about the power over people's lives and um, human behavior, um, that's what I'm gonna be digging into a little bit more um, and trying to really understand this this economic impact of their power.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, you know back before it would be that you know you'd start to do well on Facebook and then they would throttle your reach to then say but if you pay more you can reach that audience again so there's always the question a bit like with Google and search that you know are, are the results genuine or are they being manipulated to make you pay more in so that's that makes sense that seems like a good area to um, study. Um, who who inspires you and informs you uh, and, and, and keeps you up to date with, with your research?
1: Well, I have um, hundreds of people that I'm trying to talk to all the time, um, both within the company, former employees, uh, people who use the products, uh, and and then I'm I'm also very inspired by my coworkers. I, I had a lot of support at Bloomberg for this book, and and um, a lot of you know people on my team are right now working on books, and and so I think that it's just been. A good community of, of ideas bouncing around uh and people trying to to push each other to do better reporting and and tell stories than what else is telling
0: mhm and you know so so you know, Over the last four years, uh, we've had fake news thrown around as a way to basically diminish anything where someone doesn't like the story that's being told. It's not really that it's fake, it's just, you know, it's just a story they don't like to hear. And then conversely, we're having a lot of fact-free uh, presentations and things being delivered. So uh, are, are you optimistic and hopeful that, that the whole act of journalism can continue? I mean, I guess, like, I mean, you're you're based in the U.S. and 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 for us over not in the U.S. here in Europe, it looks like things are very polarized. And if you don't like the story, you just tag it as fake news. So, so how do we get beyond this uh, very divided paradigm about if I don't like the news, then I just I just dispute that it's even true?
1: I think we all owe it to ourselves to understand the mechanisms of the information ecosystem, the the things that are causing us to to absorb these stories on the internet what makes something go viral what makes something get served to you and personalized for you um in understanding some some basic things like the fact that on facebook if a story has a uh, emotional appeal um say somebody saying oh you know i would never um harm my child by giving them a vaccine it's just you know i would just be horrified to hear of anyone doing that like somebody saying that because it's their emotions and that's the kind of story that's going to go viral more than somebody saying oh this is just the common accepted you know vaccines are good um, per medical research like there's no reason for the the common accepted uh sort of basic standard of practice news to go viral it's it's much more likely that it's the counterintuitive, um, salacious, emotional, um, something that will will spark you to share it. And one thing I tried to do with the Instagram book is explain the mechanisms of not just Instagram, but Facebook and people who have read it have told me, oh, now I understand why I use it that way. Now I understand why I feel like I need to face tune my face or." Um, why I feel like I need to use this certain angle or lighting, like the platform is training me on this. They're training all of us to behave in a certain way. Um, So once we understand that, um, we can sort of detach ourselves from um, really being manipulated by what we see. I I don't think that that's enough to change the discourse, but I think if if there's more education around this, we can at least, have some context around what we're saying
0: look uh i think what you say is true and then and yet as you're also uh describing that it's it's our lizard brain that you know 99 positive comments are out outweighed emotionally by the one troll and 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 i guess therefore you know the and as you, at the very beginning you said that you know these are these are platforms that have been designed to be as sticky as possible uh to to almost tap into our Uh, our our more baser emotions and therefore on instagram with the number of you know uh, as it used to be you know the number of likes that we got and things like that we're we're, what i guess what i'm saying is is we're we're our own first victim uh we're our own worst enemies here because we are the ones that are, are still drawn to the to the emotional hits that we get from these things uh while on the like while we can intellectually articulate that yes the the fact the cold the cold facts of day are what we should believe like you say the things that go viral are not those are they they're the ones where people go crazy
1: and it's also that these are passive experiences you're you're scrolling through looking for something that catches your eye so if you're Mm -hmm. somebody who wants to capture attention you you build like catches an eye and and you also learn with every single metric you get in response like you know i posted something people found it boring because there weren't enough likes and comments i posted something else like you know use more of that emotional appeal i use that more of that like uh, sort of scandalous language and then everyone wants to share it and love it and so i should do more of that if i want attention we all want attention We all want validation, and that's sort of what's happening here is we are all playing the game with the metrics that Facebook and Instagram have set for us with the definition of success that they have given us, which is more attention, more engagement, the same things that they measure their own business on, um, and we're all falling for it
0: so so is is there any hope for us then to to, to not keep because I, I know what you're saying it's basically uh, indignation uh fuels anger but it but it, it keeps the people on the page it keeps them on that site so uh, 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 uh are we like the tar baby are we stuck in this one or or is or is there a path out of this
1: well i think one of the one of the things that has been really interesting is seeing tiktoks rise um and part of what people love about TikTok is how positive it is, and how light and fluffy everything you see. And and it's changing too. I mean, everything starts out that way and then shifts. Um, but I think that there, I think that that to me was evidence that there is there is a general fatigue with um, with the performance art of Facebook and Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I I don't think the fatigue is enough to end it. I think there's something innate about us, about our humanity that, that makes us love to, to be terrified and to be panicked. It's just like, like I just want to, you know, doom scroll about what's happening and be afraid of it. I I don't know. It's also, it's the other emotions too. It's the, the, um celebration the um the cute panda video or the the crazy wedding stories like all those the sort of cheapest viral content um that has has been this way for as long as tabloid news has existed but on facebook and instagram and twitter is sort of weaponized and refined so that it just reaches more of us
0: yeah, look, I guess it is the world we're in. Uh, you know, journalistically, they'd say if it, if it bleeds, it leads. And then equally with things like Charlie Bit My Finger, which is one of the very early YouTube viral videos that then paid for the family's education of the kids. So, yeah, look, I guess it it, it is w- w- the world we're in and the things we consume. Um, look, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. How can people learn more about you and what you do?
1: Well, I'm at Sarah Fryer on Instagram and Facebook. and if you have thoughts or things you want to complain about or pitch um, from your life, I I could be reached there. If you have questions after reading the book too, I'm I try to make myself very available because that's how I learn what people want to know about.
0: Awesome! So, look, uh, thanks very much for we enjoyed uh, reading the book, and thanks for taking the time to chat with us.
1: Thanks for having me.